Welcome to In Social Work, the podcast series of the University of Buffalo School of Social Work at www.insocialwork.org. We're glad you could join us today. The purpose of In Social Work is to engage practitioners and researchers in lifelong learning and to promote research to practice and practice to research. We educate, we connect, we care. We're In Social Work. Hello from Buffalo. It's feeling more and more like spring around here all the time. Living in a four-season climate puts us in touch with the predictability of change and the promise of new beginnings. At some point, I hope you get a chance to visit Buffalo, specifically downtown, where things are changing at an alarming rate. Downtown condominiums, apartments, and wonderful older homes are being gobbled up by young professionals, as well as by graduates of our numerous colleges and our university. There's a lot of energy in the air. I'm Peter Sabota. One of the social work profession's defining features is our emphasis on the person and environment. In this episode, our guests discuss environmental justice, what it is, and who gets access to it. They see environmental social work and environmental justice as a subset of our more traditional conceptualization of social justice. Whether it's the water in Flint, Michigan, or global warming, the disproportionate impact on vulnerable and marginalized communities requires that social workers practice beyond the micro level, specifically entering the arenas of influencing policymaking, advocacy, social action, and various other social work role sets. Our guests describe what they believe are the implications for social work education and how social workers can market their skill set in accordance with an environmental perspective in non-traditional practice settings. They conclude with practical suggestions on how to integrate environmental justice content into the social work curriculum and an interdisciplinary practice as well. Rachel Forbes is an assistant professor of the practice of social work at University of Denver Graduate School of Social Work and the Western Colorado MSW Program Director. She is a member of the CSWE Committee on Environmental Justice and the CSWE Council for Global Learning and Practice. Andy Nesmith, Ph.D., is Assistant Professor at the St. Thomas School of Social Work. Her research examines the intersection of environmental justice and current social work practice and where practitioners see educational needs. In addition, she mentors students in preparing grant proposals and in implementing independent research projects on environmental justice. Meredith Powers is a Sustainability Faculty Fellow and the Project Coordinator for the College of Social Work's Green Initiative at the University of South Carolina. As a doctoral candidate, her current research includes the professional socialization of social workers, ecological justice, and university community partnerships for sustainability. Catherine L. Schmitz, Ph.D., is professor at the Department of Social Work and professor at the Department of Peace and Conflict Studies at the University of North Carolina Greensboro. She's an affiliate faculty in Women and Gender Studies and a research fellow with the Center for New North Carolinians. Her scholarship focuses on analysis of the privilege oppression nexus, critical multiculturalism, environmental sustainability, leadership, interdisciplinary education, and global engagement and peacemaking. Our guests were interviewed by our own Dr. Luann Back, assistant professor here at the UB School of Social Work. They spoke in February of 2016.
Hi, this is Luann Back, and I'll be the interviewer for this podcast session. I'd like to start off by asking the group to tell me a little bit about what do you consider as being environmental justice? Hi, this is Catherine. And I think for environmental justice, as this group has worked together on multiple projects, really I think we started from two interrelated focus. And one is environmental justice occurs when all people equally experience high levels of environmental protection and no group or community is excluded from environmental policy decision-making, nor affected disproportionately by environmental hazards. The second is that environmental justice affirms ecological unity and the interdependence of all species, respect for cultural and biological diversity, and the right to be free from ecological destruction. And this includes the responsible use of ecological resources, including land, water, air, and food. Now, obviously, that's complicated and complex, and how you implement that, operationalize that is, well, it's difficult. But hopefully, through this conversation, that some of how we work towards implementing that and working towards our goals will emerge across the time we're talking together. This is Meredith. I just wanted to chime in on that one as well. It is a very complex issue, and I try to break it down for my students sometimes by explaining it this way. Certainly, it's much more detailed the way Catherine just presented it, and we appreciate that definition. But I sort of see it as an overarching umbrella for ecological justice, and that means justice for all of ecology, all, all living parts of our planet. And then underneath that umbrella is social justice, and that has to do with the justices towards humans as a species. And then underneath social justice is environmental justice, which is a very specific type of justice related to environmental conditions that affect human populations and are addressing human social injustices. So again, environmental justice is just sort of a subset of social justice. And that sort of is a, a way that I explain it to my students to break it down a little bit more simply. But again, it's a very complex idea. Excellent. Some great definitions or great descriptions. So next, what I'd like to ask is, what is environmental social work? Okay, this is Meredith again. I'd love to jump on that. I'm actually glad you phrased it that way, environmental social work, because I want to bring up two key points. First, while there may be social workers who do work more directly with environmental issues, we don't want to give anyone the image that environmental social work is actually a niche or a subset of social work, when in reality, what we want people to understand is that all social work should be environmental social work, meaning that all social workers in any area of practice should consider the inextricable links between the social and environmental justice issues. So if we as a profession are based on the framework of person and environment, we must consider that physical environment as well as the social, political, and economic environments of our clients and their communities. This is often referred to as broadening or expanding the person environment framework to include the physical environment. Now, that being said, there are many ways that social workers address environmental issues in their practice. For instance, social workers are doing activities such as starting school recycling programs as a school social worker, running community campaigns to respond to health hazards such as air pollution, and leading llama treks into the wilderness as therapy for at-risk youth, as well as for educational components of environmental education. 
And often these social workers use nature as a tool to benefit their clients as they also work to teach their clients how to care for the environment. And I have dozens of other examples, and I'm sure others could chime in as well on what social workers do related to the environment. This is Rachel. I think specifically one way that we can do a better job in social work practice in terms of elevating environmental injustices as they apply to our social work practice is through field education. I think that community partnerships through the lens of especially field education, there's a lot of room there for students to explore not only concepts, but to actually practice developing skills surrounding the values of protecting the environment for all people and also, you know, promoting the definitions that we've already heard. So in my experience here in Western Colorado, at the University of Denver specifically, we've really tried to elevate social sustainability, environmental justice, uh, work in social work practice through the lens of field education in terms of opening up agencies where perhaps there is an opportunity to do, for example, advocacy, you know, work for clean water policies. There's a number of organizations where I think if we take a sort of non-traditional approach to perhaps build education, you know, especially in the regard of macro practice and policy advocacy, program planning and development in the field, I do think that that is one arena where environmental social work happens to be at this point taking off quite rapidly. You both provided some fantastic examples as well as opportunities for social work. Thank you. So what do you see as being some of the ways that the physical environment impacts people and creates social justice problems? This is Andy. The, it's, the physical environment is so huge. It surrounds us in every way. And so at the most basic level, we're talking about the water people drink to have clean water. We've got some national issues going on right now around that with social justice. The air that we breathe, especially for children, the physical spaces that people have to be in. When you think way back to Jane Addams, one of the things that she talked about and worked toward for people in the settlement houses was for play spaces for children to be able to be outside to be able to be free of toxins that are in the environment that affect people's physical functionings and make it so that they cannot work on other things like mental health and relationships, other things like that, because they're dealing with the fact that their water has poison in it, for example. And I just, you know, as I'm thinking about that question, it's not so much the physical environment creates social justice mm -hmm. problems, it's the way that we handle what's happening with the environment. It's the, the policy decisions that get made out of that. It's where dumps or industrial areas are placed, what communities they're next to, which tend to be people who are poor, people mm -hmm. of color, people who have less power. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of different areas and examples where social workers are poised to intervene at all levels from the micro all the way up to the macro and you know especially when we talk about diversity and, and culture I just also want to piggyback off of that comment in the regard of you know we do see disproportionate impacts happening in vulnerable communities especially when it comes to environmental justice in, for indigenous peoples in the regard of deforestation the impacts of climate change, et cetera. So I think there are numerous implications in terms of a social work call to action through helping you know, folks help themselves who are most vulnerable to the catastrophic changes of phenomenon like climate change. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
This is Meredith. I also wanted to echo what Andy was saying a moment ago about the pioneers in social work who actually did work on environmental issues such as the labor laws and the the Industrial Revolution created so many toxins and hazardous living conditions in neighborhoods, they actually helped to start waste management programs in the neighborhoods, as well as develop parks and recreation so that people had green spaces to go and be outside in a safe, healthy environment to reconnect with nature. Okay. I think you touched on this briefly through a little bit in your other responses, but what should social work educators specifically understand about environmental concerns? This is Andy. It's a big question, but there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of education. The first thing that needs to happen is that we as educators need to be clear about some of the most pressing concerns that are around global warming, that are around devastation of forest, land, any kind of natural resources, but also really in particular those disproportionate impacts. And because the disproportionate impacts on communities who have less voice, people of color, you know, some of the ones that were already mentioned, because of that, we also need to understand policy around the environment. It doesn't mean that we need to be absolute experts in policy, but we at least need to understand how those policies get made, what are the key kinds of policies that are making big decisions that affect disproportionately certain groups and how we can have a foot in the door in Mm -hmm. terms of advocating and making a difference in those policies so that we can pass that on to our students and educate them to continue to carry the torch. This is Catherine, and I was just going to say, building off of that, where you mentioned marginalized populations or vulnerable populations, I think it's also important to remember that we also have to link in the global issues where at the macro level, probably at the micro too, where wealthy nations are creating circumstances that really cause environmental hazards in developing nations and also the impact of corporations and how they impact vulnerable countries. This is Meredith. So yeah, I'd like to chime in to answer that a little bit, what social work educators could offer. Honestly, I think that in social work education, we could offer an alternative paradigm or a paradigm shift. And there's a growing number of social work scholars who are calling for this type of paradigm shift to embrace a more, I guess, ecocentric paradigm. And that would help us to reshape and expand our professional identity to include a response to the environmental crisis and ultimately transform our profession at large. I guess an ecocentric paradigm as opposed to a human-centric paradigm means that we consider humans as just one part of the environment as a whole, not operating outside of the environment, rather seeking human and environmental well-being as interwoven and inextricably linked. In social work, this ecocentric paradigm influences the way that we operationalize that expanded person-environment framework, which could be made explicit during social work education. And again, that expanded framework means that human needs are not elevated over any other part of the environment's needs, but rather seen as equal to those other needs in the environment and wholly dependent upon each other for their mutual well-being. So again, that expanded person-environment framework also takes into consideration not only the social, economic, and political issues, but also the physical environment, the built and the natural, and considers not only the impact of the physical environment may have on humans, but also that reciprocal impact that humans have on the environment. I had a comment that I could add to that just in terms of, I think that 
One thing that educators and social work should understand about environmental concerns is that the ways that students will hopefully market themselves once they get out of school in the job um, and workforce world is through transferable job skills that we all know are so important to our social work skill sets and practices that you know we can practice our social work values in a number of different ways, including anything from research and analytical skills development to community outreach and marketing to negotiation to project development or policy advocacy. And I think that one of the ideas that social work educators can and should be keenly aware of is that in a world where interdisciplinary and transdisciplinary practices are evolving at a rapid pace, I think our social work students, when they are entering into the job market, they will have the expectation put upon them by perhaps employers to understand how the social work profession, again, is interdisciplinary, maybe perhaps working with conservation or public health or environmental health, et cetera, to really elevate and and show likeness between what we do and perhaps other fields. This is Andy. I just want to say something else in regard to what, what Rachel was just saying. I think, you know, you raise an important part about how the graduating students are marketing themselves. I did a recent study of social workers who are already out in the field who are potentially going to be hiring new graduates and asked them how important it is that the people that they hire are informed and knowledgeable about environmental issues, environmental justice, et cetera. And overwhelmingly, that's what they want to see. They want to see that as part of the skill set that new social workers have. So I really want to underscore that. I think that's an important point. Retrace some great, excellent points. Thank you. So in what ways is the social work profession situated to contribute to the necessary changes? This is Meredith. Just continuing that conversation, what we just Mm -hmm. talked about, what social work educators are kind of trying to convey to their students is that they have skills that certainly are interdisciplinary and that they could be marketed to those interdisciplinary fields to work on these problems, such as environmental concerns. One thing that a generalist social work practitioner has is that we are very good at being a broker and a translator. So a lot of the scientific language that might be used on environmental concerns could be easily translated to layman's terms to work with community populations and vice versa. And it could also offer an opportunity to sort of broker or bridge between those two players to help them come to I guess, inclusive type solutions where the community is not just put upon to say, hey, we're here to fix your problem, we're the scientific experts, but rather to include them in the development of listing what they feel are the actual concerns and what they think are the solutions because they are actually the experts in their own communities. So again, all of these are skills that social workers bring to the field simply from their generalist social work knowledge, let alone their interest in working with environmental issues. Mm-hmm. But what is the role of social work education in leading the change? And I think, again, you touched on some of this, but specifically, would one of you or more of you like to share a little bit on that? Yeah, this is Andy. I think that part of, I mean, there's the obvious pieces of we need to catch students up who who are not as aware on what some of the key issues are with global warming, the overuse of resources, the toxins in the environment, et cetera. But we also really need to help students see the link between what's going on in the natural environment with human functioning, with the functioning of what we depend on and need for survival, 
and also with how this is related to social justice, which we talk about so much in social work, that this really is a social justice issue, help them make those connections so that they see that this is something that they can use a lot of the skills that they're already learning in other social work courses or other social work material to apply to this context. Yeah, this is Meredith, and I would absolutely echo what Andy just said, taking it maybe one step further, not just showing them that there is this link between environmental concerns and social justices that we care so much about as a profession, but that we actually have a responsibility to address them. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you for adding that. I think that is absolutely really critical. Mm-hmm. Again, excellent points. So what I'd like to ask you now is to describe the ways environmental concerns can be integrated across the curriculum. So this is Catherine. I'm sure people have a lot of ideas, but I just wanted to start by saying that I really think one of the ways to just make this a part of people's mindset is just to add case studies, readings, outcomes to papers that have to do with ecological and environmental justice or environmental degradation issues across all of our courses, that we just make it part of normal social work practice by interspersing those case studies and requirements and thoughts into each of our courses or each of our curriculum areas. This is Meredith. I would certainly think that we can and should infuse this across all of our curriculum. In fact, we have the new EPAS guidelines from CSWE mandating that we should be including environmental justice in our curriculum. And what we've done at the college where I am in social work programs, we've actually worked with faculty to examine what syllabus they already have and offer them suggestions on what readings or exercises or videos and other resources that they could use to infuse it into the course that they already have developed so that they don't have to become overwhelmed with what to do or how to add a whole module to their course that's already so full, but just how to infuse it into little pieces here and there. And again, as Catherine mentioned, to make it the norm that this is something that social workers talk about, this is something we do and we are responsible for, and just part of our normal, natural conversations and discussions in any social work curriculum class. Okay, great. So I'd like to ask you now is how can issues of both ecological and environmental justice be integrated into and across the curriculum? Well, this is Rachel. I think that one of the most effective ways to reach students when you are introducing a topic or practice area in social work that might be seemingly unrelated, foreign, uh, you know, complex, I think one of the most effective ways to introduce that kind of content is to bring in social workers from the field who are practicing their social work skills and to have them tell their tales about the ways in which they were able to not only secure work, but find meaning and fulfillment in their lives in terms of practicing environmental justice-focused social work. So what I like to do is to find social workers who I'm colleagues with nationally and internationally and have them come in and talk about their story and talk about how, you know, perhaps they maybe didn't study environmental justice content in their BSW and or MSW programs, but now that they're out in the working world, you know, they've decided that this is something that is not only happening at an increased rate in terms of the job demand for social workers that have this kind of specialized knowledge, 
but also that you can find a really meaningful career in doing environmental justice-focused social work, social work and kind of elevating the ways that's possible through their own experiences. And of course, I think students really connect with guest speakers and lecturers in a way when there's novel content compared to, you know, reading about it perhaps in a journal article, which there's, of course, value in. I just feel like putting that human face to these kinds of quote-unquote fringe careers or, or different areas of practice that students might not have been exposed to in the past. I think guest speakers uh, tend to be one way that excites people to get on board. So this is Catherine. I'll just jump in briefly. But I think it's easy to actually, once you think about it, integrate across our curriculum, whether it's in human behavior, practice, research, policy, or field, particularly field. And we talked about that earlier here, that we begin to find places where students are doing this in field or we integrate it into field. For instance, I work with students who are in a local school and it gets the whole school involved in environmental or ecological issues. But with practice, I think it's easy to think about theory, certainly as we think about social justice, environmental justice, economic justice, that we can think about ways to connect theory across. And policy, again, is an easy one. I know, Andy, you were talking about integrating it into research recently. Yes, I was. Um, I, in fact, that's what I'm doing this semester. I'm having my students design an evaluation of a community where they have to figure out their sample and their measurements and et cetera. But it's around an environmental crisis. Hmm. So I'm using the Flint water crisis. I'm using Hurricane Sandy. They will look up some current information online, and then they will use the research methodology in that context to understand both the impact on the people and how they would address it in a social work research modality. Which is an easy way to bring in the local with mm -hmm. the national and the global, Yeah, which also can be done with policy in terms of looking at policy issues that have implications for the environment. Mm -hmm. Some excellent ideas, definitely. This is Meredith. I, I wanted to chime in just real quickly on that. Again, I spoke about how we could approach faculty and try to infuse it from the syllabus standpoint, but also when I'm teaching a class, I ask the students what their topic of interest is, and whatever it may be, I help them see those connections to how the physical environment, built or natural, affects their clients or communities of interest, and really help that hit home for them in a personal way, and certainly encourage them to apply that in their field settings as they develop their practice skills as well. This is Rachel. I just wanted to put a comment out there in terms of the implicit curriculum. I think that oftentimes the implicit curriculum that we offer in our schools of social work and in our programs of social work, um, there's, there's some room there, again, for incorporating some of this environmental justice work. For example, in our very small rural program here in Western Colorado, we prioritize and pride ourselves on the fact that we have a very uh, sustainable and green operational kind of flow in terms of purchase ordering and recycling in the classrooms. And so we implicitly, you know, even though we don't have it as an assessment from one of our courses, we're constantly talking about and modeling ways that we as social workers can, even in small micro behaviors that we can do day to day in terms of fostering that behavior change for people, you know, just incorporating in very small little things that students can take note of while they're here at school that also promote environmental justice ideas. 
This is Meredith. Uh, that's an excellent point, Rachel. We certainly at the College of Social Work at the University of South Carolina, we began the Green Initiative where we were trying to green our policies and practices and as well as our pedagogy. So we did develop the Green Initiative and we even made a little YouTube video to try to educate students and to say this is why we have recycling in the College of Social Work so that they understood that link and also we were modeling that behavior as an organization ourselves. That's great ideas. Fantastic. What I'd like to ask you to do now is talk about the ways that these issues have a local as well as global impact and how you encourage students to engage locally. This is Andy. This is something that I've spent some time thinking about and studying and working on because I found originally when I would talk to students, they saw especially the justice issue as being the environmental justice issue as being something that happened in other countries, in particular because that's where we were hearing about it more on the news, the really poor community that was on the ocean side and they've had mudslides and there isn't any way to get help to them, things like that. And one of the things that I've been doing is getting them to pay attention to what's happening in their own community. You know, where look at a map, look at Google Earth. Where are the industrial sites in your neighborhood? And what kind of neighbors are next to those? Where are the highways? Because the pollution that comes hmm. out of the exhaust systems can affect children's developing brains. Where are those neighborhoods? What happens when there is clean water or not? And it's really seeing that this stuff is happening right in our neighborhood. And right now in, one of, in my human behavior in the social environment course, I have a group of students who are working with, I'm in Minnesota, who are working with the Mississippi Watershed Management Organization. And they are working with the Hmong community here that does a lot of fishing to help them be more connected to the river and recognize the value of having the river be clean and help them to also be stewards because they both depend on it and enjoy it and we're all contributors to the health of the river. This is Rachel. I think that one of the ways that we talk about engaging our students here, especially in rural communities, to the larger global context is through the idea of solidarity. And we try to, again, model that for our students as much as possible. One of the coalitions that our program is part of is the Mountain Partnership. And it's an international group of folks. It's through the FAO at the United Nations. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a range, there's a range of different kinds of organizations that are part of this coalition. But our shared vision and our shared mission is to bring together people all across the world who share the same commitment to investing in sustainable communities all across mountain towns in the world. And so that's one arena where we've been able to engage with other small mountain towns internationally and say, our issues are your issues and we stand in solidarity with you. This is Meredith. I'd like to add something. Certainly, we try to encourage our students to become aware of things and follow legitimate news sources so that they can find out about international and domestic interactions and how they, our domestic policies, for instance, impact those international crises. But we certainly encourage them to get involved and engage locally in service learning projects or if they're part of a field placement already, help them see how they can maybe green their field agency or help address their clients and communities and 
think about the physical environment and not just the social environment that the clients are involved with. So again, just helping them connect to their actual social work practice and then also to connect to local sustainability organizations. For instance, on campus, we have the Office of Sustainability and Sustainable Carolina, which are campus-wide organizations that our College of Social Work is trying to connect students to, to get them involved locally in the campus-wide effort and our community efforts for sustainability. Okay. The final thing I'd like to ask you to do is talk about the role an interdisciplinary course on environmental justice can serve. This is Catherine. And I've been teaching an interdisciplinary course on environmental justice for about five years now, and it's also a course that brings in both grad and undergrad students. And while I think it's really vital that we cut it across the curriculum, I've also seen that this course has played a role in expanding their ability to work on complex issues. As they begin to study in an environment where theory, knowledge development crosses those boundaries and teaches them each other's languages, and where they work on teams that are interdisciplinary, it helps prepare social work students to engage in complex practice contexts that require crossing disciplinary boundaries in order to be responsive to community needs. And I think so often they get out of school without really engaging and experiencing how do you cross boundaries, listen beyond our professional language, and then enter practice on the ground where you need to create with people who've had a very different educational experience than you have. And I find by the end of the semester, they're able to think beyond just social work terminology and theory. And, and so I think that's a valuable contribution because environmental issues on many levels, are very complex, and they will not be working just with social workers. This is Rachel. I don't have personal experience like Catherine in terms of teaching an interdisciplinary course. Um, however, I just wanted to note that the CSWE annual program meeting theme this year is advancing collaborative practice through social work education, and I would just argue that this is a very timely theme for the APM in the regard of now, as Meredith mentioned, we have the 2015 EPOS with the inclusion of environmental justice explicitly for the first time, which is, is wonderful. And I think it's kind of, they go hand in hand, as Catherine mentioned, collaborative practice and environmental justice social work, we are interfacing with environmental health offices and public health workers, and we're working with people that are doing asset mapping and all sorts of different seemingly very siloed careers. But at the end of the day, I do believe we share very similar values depending on who you're partnering with and that this collaborative type of practice is we're only going to be seeing more and more of it, I think, in social work as we move forward. Yes, absolutely, Rachel. And I would say I get biology students, I get students who are studying technology, who are doing communications, students in our environmental uh, sciences program and political science program. So it really varies widely. This is Meredith. I've taught it as an independent study for students who have been in multiple disciplines, and I actually have gotten them to collaborate and read each other's papers, and that's been an interesting thing. But also, I wanted to mention that the social workers that I've interviewed for another research project who are out in the field working on environmental issues, 
they have actually situated themselves in jobs that are very interdisciplinary, and they may be the only social worker that they know at the table when they come to some of those discussions. So really, we are in a global world and an interdisciplinary world, and certainly on these environmental issues, we need to work interdisciplinary, but we also need to know about our social work allies and to build solidarity within the profession as well as beyond it. So again, teaching social work students to consider the physical and the built and natural environments, but also I've been working with students who are in other disciplines that are, for instance, environmental science, to help them consider the social impacts, the social justice and the need for inclusive programming and finding solutions that are inclusive of the people in the communities that they are trying to help address those environmental concerns, helping them to make sure that all of the players are at the table and not just those who have power. And so really trying to help them understand sort of more of the social aspects that social work students may already have those skills, but helping those other disciplines to consider those skills as well. Very good points. Any other comments before we close? I think the only other thing that I don't think we made, I don't know where it would fit really, is that this is not just a macro issue that it Mm -hmm. definitely can span all different levels of social work practice and research and that we want social workers to understand that even in that micro level with their clients, they can really help them understand how their physical environment is impacting their mental health or their physical health or their family dynamics, you know, whether or not it's transportation or the lack of exercise or safe space to exercise or the lack of green spaces or sidewalks so that they can safely walk outdoors. All those different aspects affect people on that micro level. And certainly it requires the full gamut of social work roles, but it's not just a macro level social work issue. Another thing that I wanted to add, I don't know if it's appropriate to list it here or not, but it's a resource. I just wanted to invite anyone who want to participate. We are just trying to build solidarity right now. It's amongst social workers internationally, but it could certainly be interdisciplinary. Mm-hmm. But it's a, a listserv online that anyone's welcome to join, and it is for green or ecologically conscious social workers, and it's a online collaborative network. Nice. Very nice. Well, it was such a pleasure to talk with all of you. You've really presented, I think, some fantastic content, information, and ideas for integrating um, environmental justice into social work. And the work you've done on this is truly impressive. So thank you so much for sharing your time and sharing this with us. You've been listening to our guests discuss environmental justice on In Social Work. Hi, I'm Nancy Smith, Professor and Dean of the University at Buffalo School of Social Work. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We look forward to your continued support of the series. For more information about who we are as a school, our history, our online and on-the-ground degree in continuing education programs, we invite you to visit our website at www.socialwork.buffalo.edu. And while you're there, check out our Technology and Social Work Resource Center. You'll find it under the Community Resources menu.